Hi everyone and welcome or welcome back to the On Justice podcast. Today we have a very special episode for you in collaboration with Reset Revolution, a fellow social justice group here at ISP. We have an interview with our very own Lauren on representation of black culture in the media. This comes at a very timely moment in wake of the Oscars and the Grammys which caused controversy globally on the lack of representation. Take it away. So can you briefly explain the issue with the representation of black culture in media? That's a really big can of worms, I must say. I think the first problem that people face is that the whole concept of a black culture, because a lot of people will look at black culture as if it's a monolith, um, whereas it's, it's really different. There is a shared experience of racism across the global black community in one form or another it's ingrained within our society like right now like we've seen it with black lives matter we've seen it with and not just racism against black people racism against asian people racism against pacific islanders it's become so prevalent in recent society and it's always existed it's just that now people are actually talking about it a lot more than we used to you know like any global community there are cultural differences within the black community you have um, african-american culture which is very different from caribbean culture which is different from the culture of the 54 african countries which each have their own subcultures and that isn't confined to what's commonly considered to be black culture and i mean the same applies to asian culture when you think about it because asia is a huge continent and it like has five different regions and each of these regions have their own countries with their own cultures and yes there are similarities like I mean that's by nature of geographical of geographical closeness but despite all of that diversity is ignored in favor of generalizations and stereotypes which tend to be on the more harmful side Mm -hmm. to the community. So you mentioned the geographical factors if in your own words you could perhaps express where you believe um, this representation or misrepresentation come from? So um, a lot of it is rooted in racism and especially structural racism. Mm -hmm. When you have a society that views black people as lesser than and inferior, that is how they are portrayed. Like if you want to look at around 1930s, 1940s America where there was minstrel shows where they um where they had white people portraying black people using blackface and they had exaggerated features they used black paint which is you know i mean there's very few people you'll see who are that dark and even so there are nuances because people are not 2d characters where you can just like color drop (laughs) the hex code for for black i mean there was the absence of black characters in film as if they didn't exist and in terms of time frame like when Western shows were imported into East Asia, they didn't have any black characters in it. So when you see a show about like Friends, for example, like showing New York and life in New York, and there's a stark absence of black characters, and then you go to New York now, you'd think, where am I? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> why, are they, why are there so many colors? Mm-hmm. Like you'd be shocked. And then there's things like colorism within the community itself it's not just uh it's not just a white versus black issue it's a black versus black issue and whether you're black enough and what's presented to a western audience is the most acceptable form of blackness which is as light as you can get it 
So like we have Zendaya playing characters in movies, which are Zendaya or Amanda Stenberg, I think I pronounced that correctly, who um, like Amanda Stenberg in The Hate You Give, where in the book it was a dark skin character and she's a, she's a mixed actress. Not that she shouldn't get roles, but why is it that in Hollywood we tend to promote likeness as a concept versus being dark skinned? And then also the relegation of black people to inferior roles. So the helpers, the gardeners, the maids, as if if they are those roles at all, because you know not everything has that. Um, and then those depictions have evolved over the years to the stereotypes that you have in media today. I mean, black people loving fried chicken and watermelon, the overrepresentation of gang culture, drug use, drug use, <laughs> the angry black woman stereotype. And then representation where they say, oh, no, but there are Black characters in the show. But those characters only serve to be plot devices for the white main character. Would you like to perhaps describe your ideal way of representing Black culture? Not, not in general to, to save the world, but what do you think would you know, make a change? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I think a big thing is that people need to write their own stories and they need to be able to tell them. I want to hear about the Nigerian American immigrant family in New York. I want to hear about the Senegalese French family in Paris. I want to see all of the Jamaican stories and anecdotes that I grew up with adapted in like film and mass media because people have written these stories. It's just a space for them to be heard needs to be cultivated. But um, I mean, part of the problem is misrepresentation of black culture isn't just the crazy fried chicken eating angry black woman you see in movies, but it's a lack of the desire to appreciate and celebrate ethnic differences between people in the community. Mm -hmm. It's more than just a media issue and specifically more than just an American media issue because it happens within the black community as well. Like, okay, so I was talking to my friend a couple hours ago before doing this and she gave me a really, really great example. In Get Out, you know, you know Get Out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the main actor. Horror movie. Uh, yeah, like psychological thriller. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think it was a horror. It was scary. I had nightmares. The main actor, Daniel Kaluuya, is British, but he played an African-American man. People were outraged. They were mad. They were, <laughs> Twitter was blowing up. They're like, how dare this European man play a black man? I mean, I'm not really in any position to argue about whether I agree with the casting or not, but... It's the whole question of, is it that his African experience is not the African experience that you were looking for? Is it not one like that you necessarily want to see? Versus should we actually be embracing everybody and letting everybody tell their stories? And again, it's a similar, it's the same race. Like it's black versus white versus, you know, everything else that's there, so many, but is it that somebody who is British and Black should not be able to act in a story about somebody who is American and Black? Mm -hmm. Are they not Black? Are they not, do they not share similar experiences? I think also having writer's rooms where, speaking very generally, it's not all middle-aged white cis het men. Yeah. Because Black culture aside, representation in media is something I don't think we talk about enough. And it affects our everyday lives. I mean, People deserve to see themselves in the media they consume, be that they're Black, Asian, Hispanic, Pacific Islander, representation of different groups of people, representation of different body types, different sexual and gender orientations. 
these things are things that we don't realize that we need until they're not there yeah and until they're represented poorly because poor representation is almost more damaging than no representation at all i think you made a, a good point on talking about the expectations of the audience uh, and how the audience may have kind of an expectation from a black character like expecting him to act you know a certain way have you have you felt kind of this the audience expecting something and then they're like wait that's not that's not the cliche i had and i perhaps consciously or unconsciously want to see in a way yes so i think um a lot of the time where in media we see black characters we typically see them in an african-american sense it's very rare unless you're specifically looking for it that you'll see a black character who is anything other than african-american and that's just in like typical modern media like if you are watching nollywood then yes you're going to see nigerian people because it's based in nigeria yeah. but if, like typical hollywood blockbuster productions what you're more than likely going to see is a african-american perspective which is what a lot of people tend to think of when they think of black culture again using that term very loosely because black culture, black culture is something so diverse that i don't think even calling it black culture is something that we necessarily should do but there isn't much else to call it at this point like we haven't developed the vocabulary to be able to properly talk about it in a way that's more encompassing of all the differences that there are i think despite the increase of representation in media today it's not always good representation and it is what people expect it to be and when it all of a sudden isn't it becomes a question of oh is this a diversity push is this oh they're just trying not to get cancelled like okay when black panther came out revolutionary it was um almost all black cast a black like a story about black people and um oh and that's a whole other thing like when there's black people in white stories like a story about black people written by black people you know mm -hmm. surrounding their struggles and not just the the bad parts of being black but the good parts and the technology and the innovation and then the fashion and oh, black panther was a cultural reset and we know it we know it and the music kendrick lamar on that album top tier <laughs> but when that came out as much as there was all sorts of positive there was a really great positive reception there were always you know as usual there always has to be somebody to hate on everything there were people saying this is what i signed up for what do you mean marvel what are you doing how is it that we're having these stories what happened to captain america what happened to um, this doesn't represent us this isn't american mm. and i mean that has happened for other things as well it's just a matter of whether people choose to ignore them or not so talking about Black Panther and movie plots reminds me of this information I, I saw on, on my Instagram a few months ago, maybe, about this notion of using Black actors, Black characters as pawns in, in scenarios to show some diversity, if, if I can say, say it that way. And I think it's very, in, well, it's unfortunately interesting to, to notice how maybe there's kind of a pressure to actually represent and diversify sort of the media in our countries, but in Western countries. But do you, 
do you think there's this kind of un, unspoken pressure to include diversity and show, look, we're, we're, we're good, we're open and everything? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think, I think, I don't even think it's unspoken. I think media, I think like, Oh, I lo I love going back to Twitter on things like this because when whenever something's wrong, people it's people are so quick to cancel them on Twitter, and just to call out people. And honestly, I'm here for the calling out, not so here for the canceling. But I think Western media nowadays they do feel pressure because people are noticing the lack of representation, and so they'll just stick in a black character, you know, somewhere stick in a gay character, you know. Oh, that one is trans. You can't say you can't say we're not diverse. Look look at us. We're we're so diverse. We have mm -hmm. all of three minority characters in our 50 person cast. Yeah, I, I mean it's definitely true. Like we we have seen time and time again how these minority characters are used to be plot devices. They're used kind of as sounding boards for the white characters to express their problems and they're either super wise and have all the answers to every problem ever for the white person or they're there as a comic relief because the white person alone isn't funny enough so let's just have one character who is so two-dimensional and it's just funny or you know it's almost as if it was written to be a white character but they just so happen to be black i know i know <laughs> I just, I keep on remembering examples from all the movies I watched and it seems so obvious yet I've only seen it being called that once. I watched Emily in Paris and yes, I did. That, that happened. And I watched it too. I don't blame you. It's terrible on so many points, but I think one of the worst ones were this character, this French, French dude, I, I don't remember his name black and gay probably one of the only black actors or even minority the, on, the only other non-white act, actress was i don't know name sorry but the heroine's friend in paris and oh yeah yeah the, this super extra like ex-singer in china thingy and i remember googling emily in paris just to see if you know my opinion was shared because the more you look at these characters, the more it feels like they were kind of thrown in, you know, to kind of, ah, oh, we got our quotas, you know, like we have an Asian character and we have a black and gay character, like, look at us. We're breaking boundaries here. Wow. Oh my God. I know. And, you know, all, all the other actors and the cast basically was white. And you, you only had this, this kind of exactly what you exactly what you said portrayed two actors portrayed as like you know this kind of jokey persons mm -hmm. and tell me if I'm wrong but I think if we could you know educate the whole of perhaps well I would have said our parents generations but it might be a little late but our generation to you know actually see the issues and you know deal with them in a way that wouldn't just be look, we're academically acceptable. I think it would help a lot. I think something that's very popular in movies nowadays, um, and I say that, I say nowadays very loosely, I mean like the post 2010, a lot of movies with a focus on blackness and black people have to do with racism. PSA, black culture is not racism. 
<laughs> who would have thought most if not all black people will experience some form of racism in their lifetimes but black representation should not be relegated to those experiences yes it's important to talk about and i think 12 years a slave was an excellent movie and it, it deserved to win all the awards that it did but these shouldn't be the only stories that we're telling and celebrating black culture quote unquote because i don't like that term <laughs> It's so rich and diverse and it has so many unique faith positions. It has art and food and fashion and dialects, which are all commonly crowded under AABE, although they are different. And music, like black people have influenced so much music in the past like 60 years. It's ridiculous. We don't really talk about those stories. These are the ones which are in a way isolated from white society because it's not directly related to the oppression of black people by by white people it's in a way being able to be ourselves as a community it's the this is part of the black story mm-hmm. this is not the black story as told by the white people or the black story as made digestible for the white audience this is just the black story and it focuses on the different aspects and the different positions because obviously AAVE is African-American vernacular English. I happen to understand it because I grew up on the internet. I mean, <laughs> you learn all sorts of things on the internet. But I also speak Patwa because I'm Jamaican and I grew up in Jamaica, which is a different experience entirely from being African-American. And that's something that I've realized a lot more recently since I've moved to Paris, especially as an international school, because people ask me things which are very unique to African-American culture and expect me to have all the answers because, oh, aren't you Black? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but not in the way that you think I am. Like, I said, oh, ooh. especially with the whole idea of projects and being like police brutality, it is different everywhere you go and there's different focuses everywhere you are. Um, I mean, in terms of being black versus white in America, yes, if you're black, you're more likely to be targeted by the police if they see you with a sandwich in your hand uh, versus in Jamaica. It's a majority black, majority of the population is black and you're not going to have those experiences where you're walking on the road with a sandwich in, in your hand and the police stops you. Like in Jamaica, you might get stopped on the highway if you're in an expensive car and you happen to be light-skinned, which is something that's very, to, to people out here, it's something like, yeah. what? <laughs> what do you mean? That's so, yeah. that's like, it becomes, it becomes a question of your experiences aren't the same, yeah. which, they, which they aren't, which is like, Black culture isn't a monolith, and that's what people tend to represent it as. It is true that we, we and like residents from Western countries, wouldn't really see see it that way. Sort of like it. It is true that when when you said um, in Jamaica you might be stopped on the highway in an expensive car and feel light skin, it is. I did have this kind of moment of oh wait yeah because like. It, it, it is true. We we only see it the way we have it right under our eyes. So you, you also talked about being kind of this expected ambassador, I could say, kind of people expecting you to speak out for everyone else, kind of. And especially since you moved to Paris, 
In in France, it is it's a big issue. We often take one person from one minority, and we make we make him, her, they talk about everything that might be linked to well their community. So I was wondering, how did you see this happen compared to to Jamaica, where where you lived before coming to Paris? Did did you kind of have it as a wave to your face, or was it? progressively one person, then two two people, five people? It was something I kind of expected because, you know, you read stories online, people will be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, in my predominantly white institution, I'm expected to have all the answers because I am not white or because I am not Christian or because I am not um, secular. Um, they're expected to have all the answers to any question re- resolve, revolving around what it is that they are. That they are. So there was an expectation of it happening. I mean, it's not the first time I've been the only POC in a situation. Granted, my first school, yes. But like I've been abroad for key club trips, which is an old service. It's a service club that I was a part of back home. And we've been in like, like, it wasn't me alone, but like a couple of us would be in a a workshop with, with more, with some white people or even Asian people. Mm-hmm. and the presenter might bring up something that's a typical black experience and they'd kind of just spin around and look at you because they expect you to know and it's like eh, okay it's it's nice to be called out sure but also no <laughs> in a way um and the same thing happened when i came to isp it was somebody had said something about poli- like black lives matter in class like saying how it was one of the things that had happened over quarantine. Like five different people just looked at me at the same time and I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I know I'm cute, but like, you don't have to look at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then even part of the reason why I got involved with the podcast was because they kind of came to me and said, hey, you're not white and we want to hear your perspective, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because that is what people have to do. It's just that, it um in a way there's some pressure involved because as the only like in our grade yeah mm-hmm. if you like I'm the only black person in our grade that being said I'm mixed I'm not black alone you know in terms like ease of conversation I just refer to myself as black but I'm mixed but in terms of being expected to you know be involved and get involved and like, yes, you need people to tell their own stories and people to be able to express themselves and what they experience. It's just a lot of the time it, they're relied on for things you could Google, which is the annoying part. Because mm. when it's like asking, like even this, right? I'm happy to do this. I don't feel like any pressure when you ask me to, you know, come and talk about um, representation because it is something that I think needs to be talked about more. I am somebody who is involved in social justice and activism. So it's like not a stretch to be like, hey, come on, you know, talk about this thing for half an hour with me versus if it was that you had approached it like, oh, you are a person who should know about this because you are a person who is affected by this. Therefore, you mm-hmm. should come and do this because that's like, um, thanks, but no thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. 
as the year goes by and you know people get more educated about the people they're around obviously it decreases like if you if you said black lives matter in class now i don't think anybody would turn around but you know it's kind of like that sense of newness in a way it's a novelty so of course you turn around and look when it's the first time and then as it goes by it decreases because it's more normalized and it becomes something that you're used to well thank thank you so much for talking about about everything we covered today which is unfortunately such a small part of everything well i wouldn't really know how to express this but everything else kind of which is even yeah. broader so th- thank yes, you so it's much. not even all of representation <laughs> <laughs> such a big topic yeah, and I also can't ever talk for the entire community, so I'll just leave that as a kind of disclaimer. These are all my views. Mm. <laughs> I'm one person. <laughs> and, well, definitely to people who are watching us, please definitely don't hesitate to, you know, interact or ask questions or add point of views in the comments. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, Lauren, do you have anything else you'd like to, to mention? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, if you want to learn more about anything we've talked about today, there are some really great articles, studies, and videos online that you should totally check out. Um, Jay Lissel writes T. Noor, Khadija Boy on YouTube. PBS had a pretty solid article that I read, and I can promise you that I will more than likely have some new resources on the at Speaks on Justice Instagram about this topic by the end of the week. If you want to check any of those out, and thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, check out our social media at I Speaks on Justice on Instagram, and tune in soon.